Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. The theme of the 2023 annual conference was New Every Morning. Our sermon today is Bishop Bard's opening sermon titled Hard Traveling. Please enjoy his sense of humor and his singing as well as his critical message. Greetings in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the peace and power of God's Spirit. Welcome to the Michigan Annual Conference for 2023. And I'm just going a little bit slow right now to to take you all in. It is a beautiful and wonderful sight. How good and wonderful it is for us to gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, trusting that God's Spirit will blow within us and among us as we gather. Well, I've been having some hard traveling, I thought you knowed. I've been having some hard traveling way down the road. I've been having some hard traveling, hard rambling, hard gambling. I've been having some hard traveling, Lord. So I want to be clear here. My job as bishop is to not make it easy for you to fill out your Facebook annual conference bingo card. (laughs) But isn't it nice to get one square checked off right away? (laughs) The bishop did sing during his sermon. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, Hard Traveling is a Woody Guthrie song. I came to the music of Woody Guthrie through the music of Bob Dylan, music I first encountered in a Christian youth group in high school. On Bob Dylan's very first album, there were only two original songs. It was an album he recorded when he was 20. He just turned 82. And one of the original songs on that album was a touching tribute to Woody Guthrie which ends with this chorus, I'm leaving tomorrow, but I could leave today. Somewhere down the road someday, the very last thing that I'd want to do is to say I've been hitting some hard traveling too. Hard traveling. Friends, we've been hitting some hard traveling. We've been traversing some rugged roads walking difficult paths. These have been challenging and difficult days. We're coming out of COVID and still gauging its impact on the lives of our congregations. This is the first year since the beginning of the pandemic that we have gathered and not required any COVID documentation or any precautions at annual conference. And so two things. One, it's great to see your smiles. I... It's just lovely. And, and know that there are folks around us who are making choices about their health and well-being, and we need to honor those choices and be kind. Please. 
And I know some of the weariness of church leaders and pastors in working with all the pandemic-related issues. Later in our annual conference, we will be voting on 60 churches who have fulfilled or are in the process of fulfilling the requirements to leave the Michigan Conference and the United Methodist Church through disaffiliation. At clergy session yesterday, we voted to affirm the withdrawal of clergy leaving the United Methodist Church. There are a whole mixture of emotions involved. And again, I trust that you will be kind and offer grace to one another at this annual conference session. I've seen the weariness, the emotional and spiritual exhaustion this disaffiliation work has brought to many. I've heard it in conversations with bishops from across the United States. I see it in our district superintendents who have been in churches for town halls and church conferences. This work has had an impact on conference staff, pastors, church leaders, and church members. And for as much energy as denominational disaffiliation has taken, we should be even more concerned about the broad religious disaffiliation occurring in our country. Last fall, the Pew Research Center released a report modeling the future of religion in America. The report noted the rate of religious disaffiliation, one form of what the report called switching. Switching is when you are born into a religious tradition but go on to something else. If the rate of religious disaffiliation from Christian churches continues, Christians will be less than half the population of the United States by 2070. And the reality is the rate of switching away from Christianity has been accelerating since the 1990s. These changes are having a direct impact on our conference budget and staffing. The budget proposal you will be considering later in this annual conference represents significant reductions, and as a result, we've had to restructure our conference staff, reducing the number of staff persons, and we are reducing the number of districts to seven. There's been pain and hurt and disappointment along the way, and I hope you will take the opportunity at this annual conference to express your appreciation to those persons who will not be continuing on conference staff. Social polarization affects our life together in our congregations. And we're already beginning another presidential election process, which has the potential to increase that polarization or at least stoke the current flames. And that kind of societal polarization has an effect on our ability to be people who engage in Christian conferencing and conversation. See, part of growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ is grappling with what it means to live God's love out in our world. Moral issues need to be reflected upon and discussed, but we move so quickly into our familiar polarized positions that we short-circuit needed conversation about discipleship and ethics. And we see this in part in backlash to important work to build beloved community by overcoming historical inequities and, and acknowledging the way our history has continued unhealthy racialized thinking. Now again, let me be clear. 
Not every question raised about a specific program to address racism and racialized thinking or to promote anti-bias, anti-racism work, not every question about those is deflection or backlash. It is okay to ask critical questions. And we also need to be honest that there are times when criticism becomes little more than resistance to any work being done to overcome historical inequities and historically carried racialized thinking. There are just parts of our history that are uncomfortable, yet need to be acknowledged because their impact lingers. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, the Methodist Church segregated African-American congregations into a separate central jurisdiction. In my lifetime. Now I know I'm not as young as I once was, but that's not all that long. And just this month, Glenn Schembechler, son of the famous Michigan football coach Bo Schembechler, resigned his position with the Michigan football program due to his activity on social media. Shem Beckler had approved statements on Twitter suggesting slavery and Jim Crow laws had positive impact. Coming to terms with all that gets in the way of beloved community is difficult work. It's its own kind of hard traveling, but a hard traveling we readily accept. The grace of discomfort. And we don't need to add to that the difficulties and acrimony of our polarized society, that is unnecessary hard traveling. And just one final note, this one a bit more personal. If you need further evidence of hard traveling, Google has named its AI chatbot Bard. So if I'm not here next year, <laughs> hard traveling, two men walking, two men doing some hard traveling. It had been a difficult few days, a beloved teacher and friend, one who taught them so well, one who healed so beautifully, one in whom they had placed so much hope, one whose very presence felt like the presence of God, dead, brutally crucified. We had hoped, they said to one another. We had hoped. And their hope was gone. And to their grief then is added bewilderment and confusion. Some of the women in the group of Jesus' followers were reporting astonishing news. The dead body was gone. The angels were proclaiming that he was alive. What were they going to make of it? Hard traveling on that dry road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. But of course, that is not the entire story. A companion joins the two disciples along the way. He teaches. He breaks bread and blesses it. And when the bread is blessed and broken, they know, they know who their companion is. It's Jesus. And then 
he's gone. But they say, were not our hearts burning within us? Hard traveling, hard traveling. The road is long with many a winding turn. And we need to be honest in acknowledging our hard traveling, our grief, our weariness, our pain, our wounds, our scars, our struggles. I also want to acknowledge that many of us have been doing some hard traveling in our personal lives. Relationships have deteriorated. Health concerns in our own lives or in the lives of loved ones. Many of us here have dealt with the death of parents or spouses or children. This opening worship service is always such an interesting combination of things. We begin annual conference and we acknowledge the deaths of conference members. You have come especially to remember your loved ones whose names we read. You have been doing some hard traveling, and we are with you, and God is with you, and we're pleased to have a few moments to remember your loved one. So one of the things I want to say is this. Friends, it is okay sometimes. It is okay sometimes to not quite be able to put your best foot forward. Some days, the best we can offer is to put one foot in front of the other. Might we hold one another in a measure of grace and kindness in these difficult days, assuring one another of our belovedness? Now, please hear me. This is not an excuse for not offering our best as leaders in churches, but an acknowledgement that some days our best may be less than we might like, given our wounds and our weariness, and we can offer each other a measure of grace. Hard traveling. And, and we are on this road with Jesus In the midst of our hard traveling, Jesus arrives and walks with us. I think of this Charles Wesley hymn, the first uh, verse of which you heard, Come, O Thou Traveler Unknown. It's not a story, it's not a hymn based on the Emmaus story, but on Jacob wrestling with God. But the words fit so beautifully. Come, O Thou Traveler Unknown, whom still I hold but cannot see. My company before is gone, and I am left alone with thee, with thee all night I mean to stay, and wrestle till the break of day. Tis love, tis love, thou diedst for me, I hear thy whisper in my heart, the morning breaks, the shadows flee, pure, universal love thou art, to me, to all, thy mercies move, thy nature and thy name is love. Jesus, Jesus walks with us in our hard traveling, Jesus doesn't shy away when we are weary and lonely and confused and grieving and hurting and wounded and disappointed and discouraged. Jesus joins us on the road. We hear his whisper in our hearts. 
The morning breaks, the shadows flee. His nature and his name are love, pure universal love. We are on this road with Jesus. We hear his whisper in our hearts, and don't our hearts burn within us? Doesn't doesn't the presence of Jesus with us reignite our passion for mission, for ministry, for evangelism, for reaching out to feed the hungry, to provide shelter, to educate children? Doesn't the presence of Jesus with us reignite our passion to seek justice, to pursue beloved community? Doesn't the presence of Jesus with us reignite our passion for life itself, for love itself, for beauty itself? And on those days when it is about all we can do to put one foot in front of the other, don't you know that the presence of Jesus helps us do just that, whispering, it's okay. And then after a while, our tentative steps might get just a little bit quicker, and our walk might just take on a little bit of swagger. And before we know it, our hearts are burning and our feet are dancing. We are on this road with Jesus, and his nature and his name are love. And that love is new every morning. In a book of the Bible that is filled with about as much hard traveling as any in our Bible... We read these beautiful words. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And if you don't believe the hard traveling part, just read Lamentations, but don't do it when you're already sad. (laughs) New every morning. New every morning. I I love the morning prayer from our United Methodist Worship Resources that begins, New every morning is your love, great God of light, and all day long you are working for good in the world. New every morning. I can't help but recall how often the presence of Jesus as the Christ evokes that language of newness. Paul writes, that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything, everything has become new. Centuries later, another Paul, the theologian Tillich, would preach, Christianity is the message of the new creation, the new being, the new reality, which has appeared with the appearance of Jesus. And I think of John Cobb's Christology of creative transformation, new New every morning is God's love in Jesus Christ. God in Christ is making all things new, all day long, working for good. Yes, we've been doing some hard traveling, Lord. And Jesus already knows. Jesus has been walking with us. And new every morning is God's love. Come, O thou traveler unknown. And God shows up. Jesus is already there. Jesus is already here. 
we hear his whisper in our hearts. Our hearts burn within us. The morning breaks. The shadows flee. We know that his nature and his name are love. New every morning. So despite the tensions and struggles within the United Methodist Church, despite the fact that disaffiliation disappoints and drains, we trust that God is not yet done with the United Methodist Church. We trust that God is not yet done with the Michigan Conference because new every morning is God's love. And even when we disappoint ourselves, acknowledging our own brokenness, acknowledging our own complicity in our brokenness, we trust that God is not yet done with us. We trust that nothing can finally separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ. We trust that Christ is still working, new being and new creation in us, creative transformation through us. God still calls us to be the church We get to be a part of what God is doing in the world because new every morning is God's love. And in our polarized world, where people are almost instantaneously pitted against one another because of geography or education or skin tone or accents or for countless other reasons, we trust that God is still about the work of building beloved community, of building bridges, of taking down walls. This, too, is a part of God's good working in the world for good. This, too, is a part of God's creative transformation. That work goes on in spite of the difficulties, despite of the challenges, and we get to join it because new every morning is God's love. And in our tense and violent world where anger seems our default emotion, where it escalates so quickly, where angry words to quickly become violent actions, where hurt turns to easily into violent revenge on the world, we trust. We trust that God is a God of shalom, calling us in Jesus to be peacemakers, to do justice, to love mercy. That work goes on, and we get to join that work because new every morning is God's love. Come, O thou traveler unknown, whose nature and whose name is love. We've been doing some hard traveling, friends, some hard traveling, and Jesus continues to walk with us. Be assured that Jesus walks with us and trust Trust in the depths of your hearts and minds and souls. Trust that Jesus walks with us. Trust that God's love is new every morning. Trust that God still has work for us to do, and in that work we find joy and meaning for our lives. Trust that we have good news to share, hope and healing to offer, love to live. Trust that, live it, and know that new every morning is God's love. Amen.